I have a question for everyone. What do you talk about in therapy these days? I haven't had a one-on-one therapist in so long, mostly because they're impossible to find. It's impossible to find a therapist who has an opening. It's impossible to find anyone who's going to take your insurance. And I don't have the disposable income to just be shelling out thousands of dollars a month for therapy. Nick and I did do couples counseling during the pandemic, which was awesome, although I might only think it's awesome because the counselor always agreed with me, and he had some really great mid-century modern furniture behind him that I always got preoccupied by, and so he's like, well, tell me how you argue, and I'm all like, tell me where you got that lamp. I bring this up because I was recently talking to a therapist friend, and she said, All anybody talks about anymore in therapy is social media, about how it makes them feel shitty, about how it makes them feel FOMO, about how they feel like their brain is fried all the time. And it's just amazing to me that social media has become such a huge part of our life and our anxieties, and now apparently the things that we talk about with therapists. And so in continuing our month of renewal over here, I wanted to bring on a clinical therapist to talk about some of the things that she's hearing from her clients. And then I want to dig into some of the strategies that can be used to make us feel better without paying for therapy. We're just getting free therapy today. That's what we're doing. Today, we are going to talk to Lauren Tettenbaum. She's a clinical therapist and a licensed social worker, and she mostly works with women, a lot of postpartum women and a lot of caregivers. Lauren actually posted this poll to her Instagram uh, just last night. It was, hold on, I'm going to pull it up. I'm pulling it up. And it said, social media scrolling often makes me feel one, informed, two, entertained, three, anxious, and four, jealous. What do you think people said? Hmm? Well, all right, let's just get Lauren on. Let's get her on right now. I'm Lauren Tettenbaum. I am a licensed social worker in New York and Connecticut, and the bulk of my work is therapy. It's cognitive behavioral oriented with women and couples. I also do a lot of coaching for companies, for caregivers, especially postpartum women and returning to work as a new mom. And so all of these themes and areas of my work really reflect a lot of the same trends regarding social media and the way that people compare themselves to what they're seeing on the internet. And talk to me a little bit about your background uh, with social media and, and how you work with people with social media. As I became a mom, and then as I pivoted my career to focus on maternal mental health and the mental health of young women, I noticed that for my clients and for myself, that social media kept popping up as a source of anxiety. So I have conflicted feelings about social media, which I think many of us do. I'll bet you, I'll bet you do. I'll bet you do. You did a poll last night. What was that poll? So the poll was, and I am by no means an influencer, so it's not like I had, you know, thousands of responses, but I did get a good chunk of responses. The poll was, how does social media usually make you feel when you're scrolling? And the options were informed, entertained, anxious, and jealous. And I thought it was so interesting that 
most people voted anxious. We also got an even split between informed and entertained. No one voted for jealous. However, mm-hmm. I got so many messages that said all of the above. And I think oh. even that's interesting that people were reluctant to kind of admit the jealousy. But then they they said, yes, it's definitely popping up for me. Right. They didn't want to admit the jealousy publicly. Mm-hmm. But privately, they did say that social media made them jealous. Which, And I think those findings... However unscientific, but whatever. What is science these days? Um, I mean, who who is it? It's a well, exactly. I mean, it's it's a field study. Um, also, it's not like Quinnipiac is out there doing this poll for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I thought it was so interesting because that's what I hear anecdotally from people all the time. What kinds of things are you hearing from your clients in particular, and and how do you help them through various situations? Yeah, so the bulk of my practice is moms and especially moms of young kids, although about a third of my practice is young women who are not yet mothers and they're likewise navigating career, relationships, et cetera. And among both populations, it's the same sense of I'm not living my life the way I should be because I see that others have it better, right? Whether Mm -hmm. it's their baby, you know, behaves for a photo shoot, their house is so clean, they're traveling, you know, to these exotic places, they're shopping, they're look at what they're wearing, you know, their hair, even when they're in their pajamas, they're put together. And so it's this source of comparison and shame and all of these ideas that they're not measuring up. Right. Feels pretty shitty. Which feels shitty. I mean, have mm-hmm. you felt have you felt that personally? I feel it all the time. I feel it all the time. And I actually, for the most part now, delete Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn from my phone unless mm-hmm. I'm posting for work. And that's why I have a really complicated relationship with social media because I don't think it's all bad. In fact, I think it's incredibly it's a way of connecting. Um, you know, I was I was just saying to you before we got on, I feel like I know you. I feel like you're my friend. I'm always listening to your podcast and, you know, certainly following you and laughing along with you and feel like we have the same sense of humor and interest. So I look at how we got here. We DM'd on Instagram. We connected. Yeah. And I feel, you know, I, I know that, of course, we're best friends now. Totally. Um, yeah, we're gonna let's let's go have margaritas after I finish dry January. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. No, no worries. I will wait for you patiently. Um, but truly I have made genuine friends. I have kept in touch with genuine friends. I have made many business opportunities come to fruition from social media. And of course, there's also the the news element. People learn a lot. Um, you can fundraise, you know, beautifully on social media. So there are so many good things. But for me personally, I noticed that I was spending, you know, way too much time on it. And at this point in my life, I I don't actively have the apps on my phone. That's great. That's great. So where do you use them? And people ask me this all the time. It's like, all right, okay, if I take the apps off my phone, can I use them on my desktop? You can, although the functionality of Instagram isn't as good. You can't repost stories from your computer. the DMing is different. So if I am posting purposefully, I, I will re-download it and then delete it. And 
you know, my way is a little extreme, but I definitely do recommend, especially for my clients who are saying that they're feeling anxious upon scrolling, I always encourage them to check in with themselves. How do they feel after scrolling? And if it's an icky kind of feeling, then maybe we need to in- implement some behavioral modifications, like putting a time limit on it or, mm-hmm. you know, telling yourself I won't scroll in bed or something like that, just to alleviate that addiction that we all have. Right. I mean, and we do all have that addiction. So, you know, give me a couple case studies of your clients because our listeners are mostly moms who are anxious and nervous and just want to figure out a better way to be in the world. And I think I genuinely believe that the reason we consume so much of the very pretty, very often very fake trad wife content Mm -hmm. is because we're all longing for a simplicity. And and we're all longing for life to be simple and beautiful. Life is never going to be simple and beautiful. I mean, this mm-hmm. is this period in history for so many of of our listeners and American women is probably the most beautiful in history that it, ha- it has ever been. It is still shit for the majority of people in the world. So we're longing mm-hmm. for something that doesn't exist. That said, you know, I'm curious, like the exact things you hear from your clients about you know, what is hard for them and then what you prescribe to them to try to make it a little easier and a little bit better. Absolutely. So one of the themes that I see a lot of the time is this sense of not being included, whether a group of mom friends are posting, you know, they went to dinner or their kids are together or um, you know, maybe they're traveling together or things like that. And then the let's say, a client that I'm working with will say, well, you know, now every time I'm at dinner with a group of friends, I want to post a picture. And we talk about that sort of sense of urgency she has to to capture the moment, to share, to show off, because otherwise it looks like she's not, you know, part of the, the group. And with someone like this, with an example like this, I would take it slow. You know, I'm not going to say, cool turkey, delete it, never worry about it again, because that's not realistic. But I would challenge her to perhaps not post that night and reassess in the morning, you know, do you still really want to post this picture? I'm not here to judge. It's fine if you do. But I think it's always good to kind of slow down, especially when you're in an elevated emotional state and really mindfully proceed with how you what you want to do next. And a lot of the time that that urgent feeling dissipates and then the women will say things like, yeah, it wasn't that important. Or I understand that, you know, so-and-so posted, but I don't need to compete. It's better for me and my mental health when I just live my life without worrying about how it appears to others. It's so interesting that you're saying all of that because right now I've been on Instagram more than ever Mm. because I'm in book monster promotion mode. I have to. I don't have a choice right now, right? I'm dying to get this book in as many people's hands. We're talking about the Sicilian inheritance. Um, as Pre-order as, it today. Pre- give it a pre-order. You'll get a lifetime subscription to my Substack. Um, I want to get it into as many people's hands as possible, but mm-hmm. there's fewer and fewer places where people will ever even see a book or encounter a book, right? So mm-hmm. this, I'm I'm on the Instagram doing it. But I went to bed last night feeling like shit. 
Mm-hmm. And there's no reason I should have felt like that. I went to the gym yesterday. I had a really good day with my kids. The baby walked for the first time, which was oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> I had a good day and I still feel felt like shit. And it was Instagram hangover. It was because I was on mm-hmm. it all day long. Mm-hmm. And I still, I kept feeling that urgency to pick it up again and again. And I really, now that I'm I'm doing the dry January, I can compare that feeling, that urgency to after you have that first drink and you're like, this is great. I feel amazing. I am 19% prettier right now. <laughs> and then you're like, where's the next drink? I'm going to the bar to get the next yeah. drink. That is exactly how the feeling is to go back and check your messages on Instagram or to post something else. It really is an addiction. And you hear this all the time from your clients, right? Absolutely. It is so hard to to wean off social media. Um, And again, I'm not necessarily saying you must, but I would encourage you all, you know, you pluraled um, the royal you, I suppose, to check in with yourself. How are you feeling? And if it a negative feeling, what can we do about that? Because I used to have, or I have had clients and friends who every meal, every activity, they would be asking, you know, what's the Wi-Fi here? Because I have to post this right now. Mm. And you're so obviously not even enjoying the moment that you're in. And and I'm guilty of this too. You know, I think of my kids' um, birthday parties when they were younger. Now they're seven and five. And I would be so frantic about getting, you know, one good picture of the family to post. How hard is it to get kids to smile for the camera? We all know it. I mean, it's painful. And and I would really get caught up in some stupid thing. And um, I wasn't enjoying, you know, the moment with my family. And it's just, in my opinion, it's not worth it. It doesn't make you feel good. You know, my clients are telling me these anecdotes for a reason, right? They're showing up because they're not feeling so great about their sense of selves and how they fit into the world. And so often just weaning a little bit makes a big difference. Totally, totally. A huge, huge difference. And again, we talk about this on the t- all the time on the podcast, mm-hmm. but I think it bears repeating. It's the just like the stopping and the having a moment of mindfulness. Yeah. Oh, how do I feel? Why? Why do I feel this way? Is can I get rid of this ick factor? That's just nice. It's just yeah. nice. You mentioned earlier the FOMO that mm-hmm. social media causes. And I want to dive into that a little bit more uh, after we take a very quick break. Okay. Sounds good. Lately, I have been totally swamped, totally buried in it. I've got this podcast. I'm relaunching Committed. I've got the Too Much Money podcast. And I'm trying to sell the hell out of the Sicilian inheritance. I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I'm busier than I've been in a very long time. And one of the things that I'm using to try to make life just a little bit easier to take something off my plate, pun intended, is Green Chef. I'm using the meal kit delivery service Green Chef to try to make night times a little bit easier. One of the things that I cannot stand is deciding what my kids are going to have for dinner, deciding what my whole family is going to have for dinner. My husband, my three kids who all eat different things, a lot of times my mom and our caregiver, all of these people in my house 
I have decision fatigue, and I don't like to go to the grocery store. And Green Chef solves both of those problems. Green Chef gives me healthy options for meals for dinner, and it sends me everything I need to make them so that I do not have to go to the grocery store. Again, which I hate. I went there the other night. The line was like around the entire store. Like the, this is, it was, it was madness. It was absolutely, there was a revolt. There was a revolt at the grocery store. Green Chef really does take the work out of eating clean with their chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes that feature organic fruits and vegetables and cage-free eggs and sustainably sourced seafood. They have all of the good things that you would go get at the fancy grocery store without you having to go to the fancy grocery store. It's nice. It's nice. At Green Chef, they believe people should be able to enjoy eating and feeding their loved ones with a clean conscience, and they just want to make it easy for you. They do. And you know what? I love them for that. They also have something called the Green Market, which makes it easy to stock up on a bunch of snacks and beverages to do things like support your gut and brain health, which I know is good for me, but I don't always remember is good for me. Green Chef is like a one-stop shop to make dinner easier. And their menu has something for everybody. They've got more than 80 things to choose from, and you can customize your meals to fit everyone's picky preferences, from keto to vegan to vegetarian to Mediterranean to gluten-free to things I haven't even heard of. So if you want to make dinner time a little bit easier, if you're looking for a meal kit, you really can't go wrong with Green Chef. We also have a deal for you. Go to greenchef.com slash 60 under the influence and use the code 60 under the influence to get 60% off, plus 20% off your next two months. That is greenchef.com slash 60 under the influence, and the code is 60 under the influence to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, they're the number one meal kit for eating well, and they're making my life a lot easier while I'm doing all of the things. All right. So, okay, we are back. And I want to talk about FOMO. In fact, I think this this whole episode, like, let's focus on the FOMO. It's a real thing. I don't think that it existed nearly as much before Instagram. Before, we would have to physically catch someone doing something out in out in public without us. There's that great story that Taylor Swift penned her first hit after she ran into all of her friends at the mall without her. And and but now you can see pictures of people doing things without you, of moms with their kids, of just their kids doing something where they didn't invite your kid there. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, we we dismiss FOMO as just another acronym, but it's not. It's something that causes very real anxiety. And, and have you seen this in your clients? All the time. I really can't emphasize it enough. And it. Dad. And and I have experienced it myself. And I, I think it's interesting because almost the flip side is now that I'm off social media, I, I sort of like don't know what's going on. And, you know, um, and we just had winter break, for example, and people are saying like, oh, you know, are you in town or are you out of town? I don't know where you are because you don't post. Um, and likewise, I'm missing out on what people are doing because I'm sort of not keeping up with. Right. Which. I do think is is a bit of a loss because I would like to be informed, um, not only at my friends, but also cult, pop culture, the news, whatever it is. Um, but when you are constantly being shown these images of what looks like everyone having fun without you, 
it is not a good impact on your mental health. And it's really a cognitive distortion because you probably are doing fun things with people. You're just maybe not at that thing that's getting posted, right? But so it becomes this distorted thought where I'm never included. No one likes me. I'm not invited to things. And certainly that is not helpful for our mental health. No, it's not. No, it's not. What tools do you give your clients uh, to try to get over that FOMO? So a lot of reframing, right? Maybe people were out without you last night. But if your thought is they don't like me, maybe there's a more neutral interpretation that we can come up with. Like maybe they made plans when they were at soccer and, you know, you and your kid don't go to soccer and it wasn't intentional to leave you out. It was just a dinner and you happen to not be at that one. Right. It's not necessarily even positive. It's just a, a neutral statement. Um, behaviorally, it's, well, OK, if you you know want to be with this group of moms, why don't you reach out and, and make a plan? Right. And you'll be at the next function. Uh, also, the behavioral tool of limiting your social media use. Right. Right. Of course. Of course. You know, there's there's a couple of really great nuggets in that because. I've I've talked to a lot of women who say I'm never invited to anything and I don't feel like mm -hmm. I have any mom friends. Mm -hmm. And when you dig a little deeper, you find you're like, oh, well, do you do you ever respond to the group texts? And I have we have I'm on so many mom group texts. I can't even keep yeah. track of them at this point. I wish that someone would create a mom group text app so that I could just separate them out from my other texts. Hey, so, hey, techie people, could you do that for yeah, me? Big, big business idea, Joe. Big business idea. And then you can sell stuff to us within it. I don't give a shit. You're selling <laughs> stuff to us everywhere else. But we love to consume. We love we love <laughs> to consume, unfortunately. But I, you know, some some of the women on my mom group texts will say, oh, my gosh, I, I feel left out. And there's a bunch of examples where I'm like, you haven't responded to a text in forever. You haven't shown up when we've when we've had outings or made plans, you can't say you feel left out, but not try to participate and not put in effort. In front, so much of friendship and also making new friends is so mm. much work. Yes. I'm 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 making new friends with new school moms, but I'm really putting in the effort. You know, mm. I'm responding to those texts. Mm -hmm. I'm showing up for dinners and drinks, even when I might be tired and don't want to. Because friendships take effort. And I think a lot of people forget that. And we just look at the Instagram and think, oh, my gosh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not there. But like, did you try? Did you put in the effort? And and also the other thing that I remind myself all the time is no one is thinking about you. The way you're thinking about you. Yeah. <laughs> no, like literally like no one was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, like a very small handful of assholes are, but the majority right. of people are not like, oh, my gosh, let me exclude her. Exactly. That is so huge. And I, I am an optimist. And so not to sound too Pollyanna about it, but I do really like to lean into the most generous interpretation of people's behaviors. And that's like with the example I gave. It's very unlikely, just factually, that people said, oh, let's exclude Warren, right? It's just, it just came about. It happened. It's no big deal. If if it looks like something you're interested in, make the effort, make the plan and go for it and move on. 
Exactly. Exactly. But social media does make that hard to do. And we have to acknowledge that because when you see the pictures in your pocket, in this thing that is glued to your hand all the time, you're you're constantly going to be reminded in a way that you never would have at any other point in human history. I know. And it's hard because I feel like as a result, we actually are out and about less because mm-hmm. we're on our phones. Um, but that all speaks to make the effort and, you know, get out of the house, right? Get together in real life. Make the effort, get out of the house, get together in real life. I look at some of my friends' Instagrams and I'm like, God, you're having so much more fun than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I hang out with them in real life and I'm like, no, you're having an average amount of fun. It's average. It's average. Yeah, just showing the fun part. Like, I, it really occurred to me personally I posted, I'm laughing at myself, um, there was a family photo shoot that we had done when we used to do them because now we don't because I realized that it's literally torture for my children. But anyway, there was one back, back when my son was about two and we got one good picture of me, my husband and my son. And it was only a good picture because my son was actually screaming, crying at the time, but the face looked like he was smiling. And I posted it as if he was feeling. And everyone, what a what a lovely picture. And I said to myself, they said bullshit. It's really bullshit. The kid was screaming. I was sweating. You know, please just let us get one good picture. And sure, the picture itself is fine. But it just shows you, like, we're not a, you know, happy family, no tears, easy breezy. He was literally having a meltdown. So it's just such a reflection. It's all, a lot of it is smoke and mirrors and go for it. If you like posting and sharing content and sharing your outfits and certainly sharing your, you know, your business, I, I think it's great. But for the recipient, I want the, the consumers to realize that it's very intentionally curated. So intentionally curated. And we know that now. We do. We just have to remind ourselves all the time. I, I have this one story and this story is is the reason, the, re- num- the, the very, very first moment I had the idea to do the podcast under the influence. I, back when I lived in San Francisco, I had no, it was so hard to make friends mm-hmm. in San Francisco. I, I'd, been in, I'd been in New York for so long. I had my people, all, also all my people were on the East Coast, but fell in love in the Galapagos Islands with some dude who lived in San Francisco. And, mm-hmm. you know, Living in New York for a long time with rats in the subway and like guys guys masturbating on the street next to you, you're like, oh, California sounds nice. So I moved there. Mm-hmm. And I had no friends. I had the hardest time making friends, but I was determined. So I would walk down the street when I was pregnant and when I had a newborn. And if I saw someone that had a baby my age, I'd be like, hey, do you I like do- beer and sausage? Because mm-hmm. I got a fire pit in my backyard and we are going to have fire pit Fridays with beer and sausage, come on over. I did this, to, and this is how I made my friends. I did this to so many women. And you know what? If people said, I don't like beer and sausage, we're not going to be friends anyway. So, cool. Yeah. Uh, but one, one, one day I invited this, this very fancy lady. She's very fancy. And mm-hmm. this is the beginning of the peasant dress trend uh-huh. and, and the big floppy hats. And she always wore those. And she had a beautiful, beautiful Instagram, like so well curated. Mm. She shows up at Fire Pit Friday. Everyone else looks like a hot mess. 
know, they're screaming, drooling babies all over the all over the place. But but everyone's having a good time, right? Mm-hmm. And this woman just sat on the outskirts, and I kept trying to engage her, right? And she seemed miserable the whole mm-hmm. time. And at one point, she went up to my kitchen by herself, took the one mason jar I had in my cupboard, and, so and put and put a a uh paper straw in it that was striped like the pretty paper straws Mm -hmm. and took a picture of it in front of the fire pit so it was like all glowy and lit up and then she left and i'm like what this woman is a weirdo but the next day it was on her instagram and it looked beautiful and the caption was had such a wonderful time making new friends and connections at joe piazza's backyard fire pit and I'm like, you had a fucking miserable time at my house, girl. And yet you made it seem like it was the best night ever on Instagram. And that was the moment where I'm like, oh, wow, under the influence. Like, this is something. I'm here for this. I am here for this. So, yeah, I thought I thought about that so much, so much. And then I had my second baby and then started the podcast. But everything is smoke and mirrors, man. And But I do think it's so interesting that you as a counselor are now, I mean, this is a thing that people talk about in counseling. People used to talk about, you know, I mean, we oh, always yeah. talk about our social anxieties, but mm-hmm. the fact that this has become such a huge part of therapy and counseling is amazing to me. It's a massive part. Um, I, I really, I have so many clients that talk about it all the time in various ways. They can talk about it with their, you know, in regards to their parents or their siblings. Like, well, you know, I feel rejected because they didn't um, call me, but I see them posting. Or they liked so-and-so's, you know, image, but not mine. Um, This one's engaged, and now I feel like I'm behind in my life. And, you know, I still haven't even spoken to this person in 20 years, and I have no idea how they need their significant other. (laughs) But I'm going to compare myself. So it pops up all the time. I also think that, you know, your story is funny to me because it's like maybe this woman was a professional influencer and I I see the work. It, it is work. And she's, you know, an artist in many ways. The fact that she did the pretty photo. But it's like, who's her audience? Like, who cares where she was on a Tuesday night or whatever? Like, it, totally. it's funny that that we now are made to feel like we have to share and show off. And I don't think it benefits most of us i don't i don't think it benefits most of us i really don't it's like i said earlier the baby walked for the first time last night and we took a thousand videos of her she she was so funny because she walked and then she didn't want to walk and then she really liked just standing up and plopping down on her little fat butt uh and we, we caught this one of her walking and i i I didn't know if if I wanted to post it. I ended up posting it mostly because, and I post it on stories, not the grid, because I feel like no judgment, no judgment. <laughs> yeah, well, in my head, in my head, I'm convinced that stories are harder for pedophiles to take, but whatever. Uh, and the, but the re, I, I asked myself before I posted, I'm like, why am I posting this? And and mostly it was because the video was so joyous because mm. she's so happy. And then her siblings are so happy that the video brought so much joy that I thought it might bring other people joy. And that's why I posted it. But I I did ask myself the question. I think it's important before you post or before you scroll 
to just stop and ask why Mm -hmm. you're doing this. And that's something else that I had learned once when I was doing a story with uh, someone who worked with people going through sobriety. It's before Mm -hmm. you go out to drink or before you pick up that drink, just have a moment of mindfulness and ask yourself, why am I doing this? A hundred percent. Mindfulness is such an important tool. And the whole idea of social media, it it takes you out of the present moment, right? And in some ways, that's a beautiful thing because you have this record of memories. Um, You know, if you have family who lives far away or friends, it is beautiful. I I don't want to completely, you know, knock it, even though I, I know that I'm probably sounding negative about it. I just want to encourage everyone to really check in with themselves. Is this making me feel good? And if not, what should I do about it? Exactly. Exactly. And if not, what can you do about it? You could put your phone down. I've also started, despite the fact that I'm a social media monster right now, because of the book. Uh, again, if you pre-order the book, I'll give you a free subscription forever to our newsletter, mm-hmm. which is really which is really great. I'm working on one right now about what the division of labor looks like in our house. Oh, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> I know, I know. But also something we all need to talk about more and be more mindful about and that we don't see on mm-hmm. social media. But what I've also been doing is I just leave my phone somewhere. So when I mm-hmm. wake up in the morning and go downstairs to get the baby and then go to breakfast with the big kids, I've been leaving the phone upstairs. And I'm on the third floor, so my lazy ass doesn't want to go back up there to get it until I have to come up to go to work. So that's a nice way to just be like, I'm at breakfast with the kids. I can't have the phone around. Or when I leave my office, which is also on the third floor, and go downstairs to relieve our caregiver around 4.30, I leave it up here again, which means it's work to go get it, right? So I'm just like making it harder for myself. And the fact that we have to trick ourselves like this is crazy, but it works for me. I think that's a really important and beautiful thing to model for your children as well. Um, You know, our kids see us. They see us on our phone all the time, even if we're using the phone to check the weather, check the schedule, check email, you know, not necessarily scrolling on social media, but they're seeing us with our eyes and our hands glued to our phone. And, uh, you know, do do we want our kids to be like that? I can't speak for everyone, um, but... For my own household, I have thought a lot about this and I am trying to just be more conscious and intentional about when my phone is out. Some of my friends have started to buy, you know, actual books again versus reading on the the Kindle app on their phone, for example, because it looks like they're just on their phone. So not everything is for everyone and that's fine. But again, this mindful intentionality for everything, I think, is something that we could all benefit from. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think about that a lot. I think about what we're modeling for our kids. My husband exclusively reads things on his phone. I still try to get the hard newspaper when Mm -hmm. I can and actual magazines to model what news and media is, even though that may be a losing battle. But it's, yeah, all of these things. Do you talk to teenage girls at all about how they're feeling about social media consumption? I work primarily with 18 and up. So, you know, 18, 19 teenagers. Um, So my youngest demographic, they're pretty much in college. And 
they are, you know, what's called digital natives. They have had social media their entire lives. They're much more on Snap and TikTok, you know, than I ever was, ever will be. Um, it's a constant feeling of connection, which again can be good, but then also can be bad. It's of course, right? It's well, they're hanging out without me, or I want to go out with so and so, or go here, but you know, now so and so is going to know, and it's going to be a whole problem. Um, or, of course, the the body image issues that we know impact women and girls, and it again, you know, not it's not good. <laughs> I'll put it that way. It is not good. It's not good. No, no. I mean, I just I just did a Substack about how I feel about my tummy. Mm -hmm. And I posted pictures of my tummy from different angles because if you were to look at my like my I, I have I have I have a squishy 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 tummy and gain I gained mom life yeah I gained fifty pounds uh mm -hmm. like forty fifty pounds with each pregnancy immediately lose thirty of it and then twenty pounds never goes away mm -hmm. and it's squishy but from and from the front you might not be able to tell so I could I could post a picture of it but like from the side. It's, it's squishy and sticky outy. And so I wanted to post pictures from all the angles. And it was just a good reminder to me that we just don't see other angles. This is just, we're, you're seeing every time you look at an Instagram post, you're looking at one angle. And that's it. One angle. That's so beautifully put. Yeah. And again, for the person who's posting, I, I think you go, girl. You do you. I, I truly. But I just want to remind the recipient to remind themselves that just because you know someone looks good in a photo doesn't mean that they um are always confident and have their shit together and everything is perfect you know it's just one angle one snapshot literally one angle exactly exactly i think i think that's I, you know we we covered so much we covered everything is there anything that i'm missing no i mean i think that let's See what the future holds, because certainly social media isn't going anywhere, right? And again, I don't want to be fear mongering and say, delete, delete, delete. It's the only way to improve our mental health. I just think that we all have to be more mindful and kind to ourselves and each other um, when we're posting, when we're scrolling. Um, also, the effects of scrolling on sleep is important, I think, and we all know how important sleep is. So I would suggest, even if you love a scroll, maybe try not to do it before bedtime. Just it, it doesn't lead to great sleep hygiene. Um, and also when you find yourself in a more vulnerable kind of period of life, whether you're postpartum or perhaps going through a breakup, it might be, it might feel easy to spend a lot of time on social media. But like we said earlier, I actually think that Getting up and and going and being in the real world with people is much more of a, a healthy solution. So I would encourage that. And of course, to reach out if you feel like you're just feeling too bad about this. You you're not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. That is a great note to end on. Where can people find you? So I'm on Instagram. I know. I know. That's yeah. That's that's what I. Although interestingly, when I was we were designing my book cover, the final cover uh, this week, and inside it's like where can where can someone find you? And it had my Instagram, it had my website, and it had my Twitter mm. with the with the little bird on it. They haven't switched it to X, mm. and I'm not on Twitter that much anymore. And who knows what's going to happen to Twitter? 
through the lifespan of this book. So I asked them to put the Substack on, which which they didn't. They had no idea how to do it. They're like, well, how should we format this? Because it's so new. But it just shows how quickly these platforms turn over and change. They really do. And also how quickly our kids pick it up. Um, My son is only seven, but he he's hurt. You know, oh, are you? Is this on Instagram? Are you posting on Instagram? And again, that personally, that makes me feel a little icky. So I've kind of stopped posting him. But anyway, I am. I mean, and again, I'm not, you know, I was trying to be sanctimonious of don't use it. Just use it mindfully. That, that's the truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just be happy. Like, do happy. what make do what makes you happy. Yes, yeah. um, I got support if you're not. So you can reach out to me for that support. Um, so my both my Instagram handle and my website is the counselor. So counselor, but L-A-U-R for Lauren, because both therapists and lawyers provide counsel. And mm-hmm. they're really mm-hmm. impassionate about supporting women in all phases of life and building community like like we do on social media sometimes. And totally. also we need to do in real life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I loved having you here. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. And that's all we've got for today. Do you feel better? I feel better. I feel like I just had therapy. That was nice. Now I'm going to go eat some cheese. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. As always, if you love the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, order the Sicilian Inheritance. You're all the best. I love you. Go have a great day.